If the Denver Broncos move on from Vic Fangio and this coaching staff, what does the next head coaching candidate potentially need in order to be the guy for the organization in 2022? Plus, we take a look at the cumulative issues compounding the Denver Broncos offense and the defensive side of the ball. We break it down on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Sarah, it is great to have you back here again, my man. I missed you on the post-game report, but then again, it was a brutal post-game report from the onset of just the circumstances for this Broncos team. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, we're back at it, and I think a big talking point we're going to get to today, it's going to be all about coaching, Sarah, and I know Broncos country is very on fire about that, and rightfully so, my man. It's great to have you back. How you doing? Doing great, Cody. Hope you had a, a Merry Christmas. Hope all the listeners had a Merry Christmas. I'm here in my my hometown in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, hanging out at my parents, and and it's been a good good couple days. You know, I I went straight from the game yesterday to our family had tickets to the new Spider-Man movie, so I took all my oh. I, I took all my rage, and then I it just completely <laughs> transformed into like Marvel adrenaline. So, uh, but it. yeah, I, I, man, I can't. That was a good, yeah, absolutely. So I can't thank you enough for doing the show without me, especially, I mean, I was fuming after that loss. I mean, that was as brutal of a loss as you're going to get all season long. I mean, I think the Bengals one was kind of like, okay, well, there's still, you know, there's still the Raiders game, at least we have a, we still have a shot after the Raiders game, man. It was just like, you could feel every, just the air, just, just completely out of the, the Broncos bubble. It's, it's just completely gone. Now we're on to future talk almost exclusively. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about here. But in order to look at the future, we got to look at the present and why the team is where they're at right now. And, and focusing on coaching on today's episode of the show, which Lockdown Broncos is available free and everywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us here on YouTube, so hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and not to mention, thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. But let's talk about the Broncos' offensive issues here and really going through it. It's just compounding, Sarah, and we talk about the Broncos all season long. They have failed to take advantage of various opponents' weaknesses, and in particular against the Raiders, against the run. They were 26 in the NFL. They were very porous against the run. They were very bad as a red zone offense. They were bottom-ranked, and of course, the Broncos, for some reason, they looked really great against Denver in those situations there. So once again, it just goes back to the coaching that the offense just seemingly can't take advantage of where teams struggle on defense and their strengths on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I kind of want to point it out to you as well, because this is definitely an obvious issue. When you look at the Broncos on third down the entire season, Sarah, it has been abysmal for this football team. It really has been right. And, and I think that you pointed it out on yesterday's episode, right? One out of one out of 10. I mean, on third down, that's you can't win games in the NFL with that kind of success rate. And of course, like on the opposite side, the Raiders were converting third downs every which way, you know, so it was just it's just so frustrating to watch. And over the course of the season, I think the Broncos obviously you know, that's been a, a huge, huge problem area for them. They've been just struggling on third down badly. They're 23rd in the NFL going into Monday night action. So they're in the bottom 10 of the NFL in that category. And that is definitely on your offensive coordinator a lot. You know, offensive coordinator, quarterback, you got to be able to execute simple stuff 
on on third down plays and the Broncos just can't do it it's like they're trudging through quicksand every time they have the ball offensively and that's not conducive for any sort of success and I I I mean everyone wants to pin the blame here there and everywhere and I get that but man ultimately to me it comes down to over that long period of time two two full seasons of struggling at this to me Cody that comes back to your OC and your quarterback primarily and and Pat Shermer obviously has not been able to figure it out and he's he's also been very predictable which I think is something that you know that was something in yesterday's game that was so prevalent to me and I'm sure it was to you too like you you have these these play sequences that are just so frustrating and and so maddening to watch because you know exactly what's coming so talk to us about the predictability of the I mean this is this is probably the primary reason I think that the Broncos have struggled under Pat Shermer, right? I mean, his predictable play sequencing and and just the inability to catch a defense off guard. No, you're spot on with that too. And, and Sarah, I think the real point about Pat Shermer's offense, we talk about these two seasons, like you mentioned, the struggles have been the constant. And I know everyone, we want to talk about quarterback, but the common denominator, guess what? Pat Shermer, because under Rich Gangelo, and I'm not saying that Rich was going to be the guy that's going to turn the Broncos offense around, but at least they looked a lot better. They had more balance when he was calling the plays. They went 4-1 down the stretch with Drew Locke. You're in a situation now, though, it's where it's okay. It's first down. You know what the Broncos are going to do? They're either going to do a play action pass or they're going to hand the ball off and look I think that when you go back to this Raiders game and you look at it the defining moment was that the Raiders knew exactly what plays were coming it goes back to predictability which is why the Broncos offense the rushing attack could not get going they knew what was coming second along you know what's coming Sarah just throw it out there just I, I want you to give me your answer here because I think everybody in Broncos country knows exactly what's coming on a second down and long play what's happening yeah, second and long run. I was calling it out all game and my brothers were all <laughs> laughing laughing with me at. I mean, it's just it's funny at this point. I can't and it's not funny because we're all ticked off, but it is funny. Like you can just sit there and be like, "Oh, second and 13. Hey, I'll tell you what's coming right now. It's a run for 3 yards." Third and eight. So a situation like that, you know what we're going to see? Route concepts that go short of the sticks here. And I think that is probably the most mind-boggling thing. And here's the deal with Pat Schirmer. Pat Schirmer has tried to make his offense look modern by adding in the motion. But ladies and gentlemen, it is window dressing. Most defensive coordinators don't care about motion. They really don't. It's not really a threat to them. The only way that they go with jet motion and they take it serious is if you hand the jet motion off. And the Broncos did that on one play, but this was the one play out of how many times that they ran jet motion this season, Sarah, that they actually gave it to Javante Williams. That right there is not good enough. And Pat Schirmer simply is just one of those coaches that is too stubborn in his ways to progress. But even getting to that whole entire thought process here about being stubborn, I think we can go back to the quarterback development of Drew Locke and where this coaching staff has been and, and really the inability to create a game plan that's going to put him. And I just I think the Broncos offense in a situation that plays to their strengths in general, not to mention wide receivers. Exactly. And, and we'll devote, I mean, I'm sure entire episodes <laughs> in the coming yes. weeks to the lack of development for the quarterback position. It's been so frustrating, and I think that's what Vic Fangio thought, right, when he hired Pat Shermer. I think he must have thought, well, I mean, he's going to be able to develop this guy, but his inability to develop Drew Locke and and really the the decision to go with Teddy Bridgewater this season has has hindered the wide receiver position. Like we've talked about on previous episodes, why did the why did George Payton and the Broncos pay Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton? Why did they do that? 
we know that that was an investment to the future, not necessarily something that, hey, right now, I mean, you guys, obviously we would prefer them to go out there and be making the plays right now. I mean, we saw Cortland Sutton make a nice catch yesterday that I think you and I both felt like the Broncos should have challenged and, and yeah. see what happens on that type of play. But but again, it's those types of things that's like, okay, those are the plays that we're arguing about right now on a, a day after a loss is these close plays. It's like, why are these guys not getting more targets? I feel like the inability to get these guys involved in offense and properly involve your star players. Jerry Judy has zero touchdowns right now. Mind-boggling stat. Even the fact that he missed some games. Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick, people are questioning People are actually questioning Cortland Sutton's talent and whether or not he was worthy of a contract. I, I mean, it. I don't. I that's a, that's a perspective that I think like is created because of the way that Pat Shermer is calling plays because he calls plays short of the sticks on third and eight because he's not calling deep shots to these guys or because the quarterbacks are simply not able to get these guys opportunities. And yeah, Sutton's had some bad games. Judy's had some bad games. They both had bad moments in this most recent game. But that yeah. to me, you, you you saw Devontae Adams have a bad moment in the most recent Packers game. That doesn't negate the fact that he was the game-changing player for the Packers offense the entire rest of the game. You can't, you got to get your guys targets. You've got to be able to feed your receivers. Pat Shermer's inability to get those wide receivers involved this season specifically, I think has been part of the Broncos' major downfall, the inability to create big plays offensively. I think it'll be very shocking, like earth-shatteringly shocking if, in fact, the Broncos do not move on from Pat Sherman. I can't imagine any situation, I mean, really, not even a Hail Mary attempt as to why he could stay. And and look, ideally, at the end of the season, he should go. And I understand everyone's going to talk about, well, you know, he's got a good relationship with George Payton. This is not the standard that George Payton wants for this organization. So I do think that a move is going to be made the moment that the season ends or maybe even the final week of the season. We could see something like that or the day of the game, that this is going to be the last game that this guy coaches. Because usually NFL teams will notify coaches, usually in this time frame right now that we're at with now and two weeks within the end of the season, that they're going to be moving on at the end of the season. So we're going to find something out here very soon, Sarah, about that. And Broncos country, what about the defense? What about the defense this season that we talk about in terms of the war of a trip and why that has really been the negative impacting factor of the Broncos defense relative to the Broncos offense. We talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, I want to encourage you to check out the Lockdown Nuggets podcast. Nikola Jokic is still putting on a dominating clinic this season. However, the Nuggets are going through a wide variety of inconsistent struggles, some up and down play. Adam Adas and Matt Moore of Lockdown Nuggets have you covered today. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. All right, sir, let's talk about the Broncos' defense. So we focused on the offensive coaching staff, Pat Shermer, and just really how frustrating and disappointing the offense has been. I think when we look at this defense, we can factor in, yes, there have been some injuries that have impacted them at key spurts of the season. Absolutely. They've struggled against athletic mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and even Jalen Hurts. And then they just seemingly just can't stop the run in certain games when you absolutely need them to. They put on some dominant performances and then they lay an egg. And we've seen that inconsistency realm factor in. Is that really a player issue or is that more so when we look at it, a, a coaching a scheme issue, whatever it may be? I think a lot of people are looking at this Broncos defense and you look at all of their things here. I, I want to point out this, Sarah. The Broncos defense, they're a top 10 unit in scoring defense. Yards allowed per game, pass defense against the run, which is surprising a little bit considering the last couple of performances. And also they're top in the red zone in terms of defense. And they were never rewarded enough by this Broncos offense here in 2021. That to me, I think will always be the most frustrating dynamic that we see. But I got to ask you this. 
How do the Broncos preserve the defense or scheme in 2022 with the players that they currently have if they bring in a new coaching staff? That that is going to be the big question that everybody wants the answer to because uh, for all his faults, you know, as a head coach, I feel like Vic Fangio does call a pretty darn good defense. I know you've yeah. thrown out some ideas before that we'll get into, but man, I, I feel like that's it's really tough. Like the Broncos losing that game yesterday, they bumped up from second to first in points allowed this season. I mean, it's it's incredible. They they've allowed the least points in the NFL, and they're not going to make the playoffs. How often does that happen? I I, I don't know how often that has happened, especially over the course. Now we're we're 15 games in. That's not by mistake. And, of course, a couple of those, you know, a a few of those points have even been, we talked about garbage time early in the season, or we talk about return touchdowns. Those points haven't even all been surrendered by the defense. So it's incredible to me the the way the Denver Broncos defense has been able to play throughout the season and they've been 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 not break at times and they have broken a few times but man a 15 game sample of ranking first in the NFL in points allowed that's not a mistake that's not in the AFC West as well in particular with the yeah. Mahomes and the Herberts yeah and he and Fangio's defense has played well against Mahomes and Herbert two straight years now and we're gonna get to see you know we finally saw them kind of shut down Derek Carr a little bit too they got three turnovers and you talk about rewarding the offense Cody that has been the most frustrating thing I think is to see the offense you know not reward the defense for the 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 play that Bradley Chubb made I mean of course you get a one yard touchdown but then you look at the Shelby Harris strip sack and and it just leads to more and more frustration because you think, what what does the offense need the defense to do other than score themselves, <laughs> you know, to get to get some positive momentum going? You get the ball at the 40-yard line. I I think, man, that's an instant, instant touchdown if you've got a good quarterback under center or a good play caller offensively. We're looking at Kyle Shanahan coach Jimmy Garoppolo into the playoffs these days. So, I mean, I, I just feel like, Cody, that's the most frustrating thing. And I think that there's a chance, you know, there's there is a chance that we could keep something similar next year if you if you decide to say keep someone like Ed Donatel. Hmm. You know, I think that's an interesting point as well. And, and I know you and I've had this discussion here, and I've even pondered this with Broncos Country on Twitter. I mean, can you preserve the scheme with Ed Donatel? And I think you can absolutely. But it always goes back to the fact that historically, wherever Vic Fangio has gone, Ed Donatel has always come with him. They've been a package deal of sorts. Would this be the time that Ed Donatel is willing to stay if George Payton says, hey, you know what, what you have done? And look, Ed Donatel, when I've talked to several Broncos players, they love Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel is a fantastic coach. He personalized it. He's always a great teacher there, which is important. Does George Payton go to Ed Donatel and say, hey, we would like you to stay here. It's going to be my decision as a general manager. We want to keep the defense intact. We believe it can continue to be special. We can add even more pieces to it. We're going to bring some guys back, but you're going to have a defense next season that is going to still have the potential to be a top unit, and we want to keep that safe here with you. Do you do that? And then also, I think we also have to ask the question here, Sarah, when you look at this Broncos defense, is it the talents of the defense, right? Because I know we're scared of letting the scheme go. I know it's, I, with the metrics that we just talked about and how good they've been defensively this season, it's hard to let that go and maybe bring in another scheme for the players, right? Because you run the risk of, is that scheme going to fit every player, even some of your top players that you have? Or does it put them players in maybe not so good situations? I think that is a worry, but it also ask the question, is it talent or is it coaching? That we're scared of losing, essentially. 
Yeah, I, I think more so you're, you would be worried about losing the talent. That, that would be from my perspective. You know, if I'm George Payton, I'd be way more worried about, okay, our, our roster right now is not yeah. looking good. I think the, the talent is not a question for the Broncos, which is why I might get a little creative if I'm George Payton and I'm putting together this new coaching staff. You know, obviously that hasn't done. We're talking about it as though it's kind of a foregone conclusion. We'll see what happens. But if I'm putting together a new coaching staff, Cody, I might even think about Christian Parker, the defensive backs coach. I know the Broncos really pried him away from the Green Bay Packers. Say you bring in somebody like Nathaniel Hackett as the head. I mean, I'm really getting into hypothetical land. I love it. This is hypothetical season because the Broncos are done this season. So let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, say you bring in somebody like Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach, the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, don't know how much they you know work together in Green Bay, meaning him and Christian Parker. But I mean, you could connect those dots. I mean, Christian Parker's name popped up in an article that I read on NFL.com as potential future head coach candidates to look out for. He's yeah, very I highly regarded. Talked about him too as one of those guys to keep an eye on. He is he's well regarded. He's as a rising coach in the NFL ranks from being a positional guy to now obviously maybe being in line for a coordinator spot. You were spot on with that. So maybe, maybe he's that guy. Maybe he's the guy to keep the continuity, but also to get somebody who's familiar with the personnel, who's familiar with the defensive scheme. That might be kind of the the seamless transition. You get a young guy in there who can really step up and who can really make a name for himself with some great personnel. I, I tweeted this out, or I was actually talking about it in Slack with some of our guys and some of our friends. But man, I feel like the, if you're looking at the Broncos personnel right now, I feel like that's a personnel unit that if you're an up-and-coming defensive coach an assistant coach a defensive coordinator who wants to become a head coach I feel like that's a situation that you want to be in with Patrick Sertan and and all these Justin Simmons Bradley Chubb all these guys Draymond Jones that you could really build around and you could have a successful scheme with not to mention you've got George Payton who's going to be aggressive in pursuing more player personnel assets this offseason I feel like that's kind of a dream job for somebody waiting to happen I tell you what, the the idea, the prospects of that are very appealing. Something I didn't honestly consider until now. I mean, I, I like that you brought up Nathaniel Hackett, obviously the Green Bay Packers. That was something that Peter King had mentioned in one of his Monday morning quarterback columns about Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett, obviously the familiarity that is there if, in fact, George Payton is going to go all out to try to get number 12 from Green Bay. But even like a guy like Christian Parker, like you said, in-house candidates that have an opportunity to maybe – make a name for themselves from a position coach to a coordinator. He could have a rise that's similar to Brandon Staley. Hopefully not, not, not so quick in a sense where I'm sounding selfish, where I, you know, I hope he comes a D coordinator does well, but I wouldn't want to lose him to become a head coach in, in two years. If in fact that were the case, but I do know that players do love Christian Parker inside the Broncos locker room. So that is something that does make sense. The Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the situation. What if, right? We're getting hypotheticals here. What type of coach do the Denver Broncos need? If in fact they do move on from Vic Fangio this off season, we talk about that up here in just a moment but before we do that let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show that is our good friends over there betonline.ag and betonline has you covered this holiday season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college football playoffs and bowl season and pro football playoffs starting up here in the next month betonline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code lockdown use promo code lockdown to get that bonus here today from basketball football Ball, boxing, NHL, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available now. Bet online, where the game starts. 
All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Both Sarah and I, we appreciate your interaction. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can follow us as well on your favorite podcasting providers. Make sure you're staying in the loop every single day, not to mention you can watch us here on YouTube. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. But Sarah, my friend, I love that we're playing the hypothetical game. I know this is something that Broncos country is talking about in depth here. Let's talk about it, too. If the Broncos do decide to move on from Vic Fangio, which is very likely at this point, considering the loss on Sunday to the Las Vegas Raiders, how demoralizing it was, and all the issues that we've seen Vic Fangio have as a head coach really kind of compile into one here. What type of coach do the Broncos need if they do move on? And I want to start things off by saying I think the one characteristic that this new coach, whoever it may be, right, if that's the case, they need to be adaptive. And they need to be a coach that trusts not only just his players, but also his coaches. And there have been times where I feel like Vic doesn't trust his players because he, he's very old school in the way that he thinks. And he also doesn't trust his coaches, which dates back obviously to 2019 with Rich Gangarello, but also some other coaches. It's got to be his way. And, and Vic has always been a my way or the highway type of coach. And that's just not the type of leadership. And that's not the type of dynamic you need as a head coach here, especially as we approach 2022. It just doesn't work. And we've seen those power struggles happen continuously. Uh, you know, that to me stands out. What is something in your opinion that you feel like the new head coach would have to have? That's a that's a great point you make, Cody. And and as stubborn and as hard headed as Vic Fangio seems to be, from just the outside looking in, I feel like really his loyalty to the coaches over the players is something that has kind of doomed him from the start. Like you said, the Rich Gangarello hire was obviously a John Elway move. Like Elway, I think at that point in time, figured, man, I really screwed up not getting Kyle Shanahan in the building. What's the next best thing? Let's get the guy that was his QB's coat, you know? And so I think that was an Elway move and something that Elway wanted, you know, hey, Vic, we'll give you this head coaching gig the first of your life if you'll let me pick the offensive coordinator. And after a year, Vic was like, you know what? We're going to do it this way. I feel like his loyalty to his guys on the coaching staff, namely Tom McMahon, namely Pat Shermer, those two, those two right there have been primary reasons the Broncos have been losing games since Vic Fangio was hired. So I feel like that loyalty is sort of misplaced. And you've talked about it on previous episodes too, Cody, that there's been some friction in the locker room with the players and Fangio of just like, hey, the defense is struggling in this way, but we're not doing anything to fix it. Let's put, let's take it into our own hands. And some of the player leadership on the team has been able to do that and really galvanize and play well down the stretch of the season. But it, it's hard to it's hard to say that Vic Fangio is a great players coach. I mean, of course, we've talked also about the fact that winning cures all, but I just feel like Vic's yeah. loyalty to his own, the coaches that he had, you know, wanted on the team, that loyalty to those coaches versus the players comes across in the way that the team plays. If that makes sense to the people that are listening, like you can just kind of tell that that Vic is more loyal to his players than his coaches. And and hopefully that resonates with people listening. Cause I, I, I know what I'm, I know what I'm thinking in my head, the way that, you know, the way that it's coming out doesn't seem to be making as much sense, but I think that it does, you know, it does speak to the fact that this team needs a, a coach who is for the players, who is more player centric rather than just like, Hey, I'm going to go with what my assistants say in every, in every regard. But yeah. I, I think, you, I think, you know, a, another thing too, Cody is, is aggressiveness. And I, yeah. I want you to talk about that and touch on that because Vic Fangio, man, he's got a little bit of improvement this year in that regard, but talk about the aggressiveness and where he needs to be better in that way. 
Well, you know, I think that we've seen all collectively throughout Vic's three years as a head coach, he's scared. I think it really goes back to trusting your players and coaches. He is scared at times to be aggressive. Now, we saw it in the preseason. We saw it early on in the season against some of these other lower-level teams that the Broncos played to open up. He did go forward on fourth down. But what we've seen lately is the Broncos have been trying to seemingly play for the win here, in a sense, or playing not to lose. That's probably the better term there, is that we just consistently see passiveness. We see conservativeness, in a sense. And and it goes back to the fact that you're playing, essentially, in in the game against Cincinnati, in the game against the Raiders, back-to-back games, it's playoff football, essentially. You have to win those games. And... We just didn't see the Broncos just come out and be aggressive and really try to go for it, really try to say, you know what, we're going to fight for it. And that's the thing. The Broncos played not to lose. They coached not to lose. And what did they do in two consecutive games there? They lost. That's a little bit of an issue. And I want to touch on one quick thing here, and I'll, I'll let you close things off on today's episode Lockdown Broncos. One thing as well is like not letting some of these little issues that are happening throughout the season like early on build up towards what we're seeing now, right? And I want to compare it to the Kansas City Chiefs here. At the beginning of the season, we were all sitting here like, what's going on with the Chiefs? Like they have all these things that are festering up. And then all of a sudden, guess what? They're not issues right now because I think they have a pretty good coaching staff in place to the fact that they're able to address those things early on, learn from them, and then not let those things impact them down the stretch. And right now they're in prime position, obviously clinching the AFC West here once again. The Broncos seemingly from week one all the way till now, there have been like these little issues that we've seen game to game that have now built up and have now become their identity. You know what we call that, Sarah? We call that death by inches. And and that's what we talked about in the post-game report there. But, you know, there's also another thing as well. We talk about the loyalty to players. We talk about it to the coaching staff. What about a coach that'll be good for maybe the appeal of bringing anybody in? Is that something that the Broncos need? A coach that can really be a one-size-fits-all type for whatever players that he has on the roster? I think so, right? And I think this is easier said than done. But to me, if I'm George Payton, I'm searching for a new head coach. The one thing that I'm really looking for from this next guy that comes in is going to be somebody who can be a good coach for any type of quarterback. You know, whether you bring in an Aaron Rodgers and you make that big trade for a Russell Wilson or somebody like that, or whether you bring in a rookie and, and somebody who needs to kind of learn on the job. Or if you if you keep a guy like Teddy around or if you bring in somebody similar, maybe you swing a trade for a guy like Kirk Cousins who's not on the elite tier of quarterbacks, right? I think the coach that comes in has to be somebody that can be a good coach for any type of quarterback. Somebody that you know you can trust. Hey, we can trust your development with these QBs. We can trust that you're going to work well with this quarterback coming in. I think it has to be somebody like that. And I don't know what that looks like. George Payton, thank goodness, he's been in the NFL for a really, really long time. So he has a lot of connections. He knows a lot of people. He knows exactly the type of guy that I'm talking about right there. And I, I hope he's on the same page In that regard, I hope he's on the same page of thinking, okay, whoever I bring in, I need to bring in somebody that's going to enhance my skill players. You know, that's going to like a Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't say Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in the world, but darn it, if George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk aren't having really good seasons, you know, if they're, if they're, they haven't, their skills have been enhanced with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Why? Because you got a smart offensive play caller. And I think Broncos country will lament the Kyle Shanahan move until somebody comes in and is able to do that themselves. But you see that all across the league. There's just it, it's so frustrating with what the Broncos have right now. I think they have to bring in somebody that can really adapt 
to whatever quarterback is brought in. And to me, I don't want to necessarily eliminate defensive oriented candidates, but that almost does eliminate it for me because that's such a desperate need. I feel like you could promote somebody like Christian Parker and, and keep your defense at the level that it is, or at least hovering around it while also bringing in an offensive minded coach that that's going to be somebody that you can really trust with your next quarterback. The great dilemma. I mean, this is a tough task here for George Payton because, look, I think everybody in Broncos country, the fan base, I think media, we're all going to be sitting here and we're going to be watching and seeing what he does. But you know what? I I have trust in George Payton, and I think a good portion of Broncos country does as well. And the reason I say that, too, remember that that report that was leaked out by NFL agents as to, like, the most trusted executives that they deal with? And guess who was number one? The most trusted George Payton. A couple of years ago, who is the least trusted? John Elway, right? So George Payton is taking over this football team. I think that the the organization is in good hands. But Broncos country, I'm not going to expect necessarily right away that things are going to happen. Things are going to be perfect from the onset. There's still going to be some growing pains here. But I think that the idea is that as long as the Broncos are failing forward or falling forward, we want to use that term, I think they're going to be on a better path here. And it starts with the offense. And I think that George Payton is really going to figure out and go out and focus on how can we amplify the offense with the talent that we have while also preserving the defense and the talent that we have there. And I trust George Payton to get that job done. In Broncos country, I trust you every single day with your interaction here in the YouTube comment section. Also for us listening every single day for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We appreciate you so much here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Your interaction, your thoughts, and your feelings as a fan, they matter to both Sarah and myself. So engage in the comment section down below on YouTube. Tweet us at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. We look forward to interacting with you. Tomorrow's episode of the show is going to be a mailbag episode, so make sure you go to my Twitter feed at Cody Work NFL and find the tweet that I've tagged with both Mailbag, Sarah, and myself and reply to that. And we'll try to answer as many as we can. Or we're going to answer the best ones on tomorrow's episode of the show. Changes are coming, Broncos country. Two weeks left in the season. How is it going to go? Sarah Benninger, myself, we're going to have you covered every single day. But that'll do it for today's episode. Lock on Broncos.